Jesus takes me by the hand. Amen. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord again. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. We'll, we'll recognize y'all a little later in the, in the service. But anyhow, does anybody have a prayer request? Uh, we need to always continue to pray for Brother Don. And, and uh, Sister Turkey, will you share a little bit about? He's very weak. He's got a lot of things in his energy back before he can stand up in the morning. He'll try to eat a little better. He's not going to be. He says he's not going to be. And uh, they're still giving him antibiotics and he's on oxygen. He can't have this. And uh, we have to continue praying for that. Pray for Miss Lee. Pray for Miss Lee today. Yeah. 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 Father, 
Mother's Day or Father's Day. Okay, that makes sense. Um, you know, it's a special day today for, for mothers, and uh, I'm not going to say a whole lot about it. I'm going to try to get out of here pretty quick so Brother Michael can get back to his stuff. But um, the, um, the one thing that when, when I thought about mothers, and there's an awful lot of there's an awful lot of mothers right here that have really been important in this community, in this church, and in our lives. And and the one thing that came to my mind this morning, and this is all I'm going to say about it, is her price is far above rubies. And, and in the day that was written, ruby was one of the most valuable things around. Uh, it was probably the most valuable gemstone around. And her price is far above that. So if you're a mother, um, you have a mother. Oh. Value her. And you are valued. You're valued. So uh, the, uh, the, 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 the day we set aside is just a time just to stop and reflect. Just a minute. And we'll do that then. But the thought I really had this morning was, you know, sometimes we just go so, we get in, in life and we just go and we go and we go and we go. <coughs> And we get tired. And, uh, and Elaine and I were talking going home, uh, I think it was last Sunday or Sunday before last, about, uh, about Brother Bobby and Brother Ricky being able to come home to church for a while. And she said, well, I worry they won't be here long. I said, don't worry. Don't worry. I said, they just have a time now to come home and renew and refresh. Amen. And, 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 and build their strength back up. And, and if someone calls them, they'll be, they'll be renewed and they'll, they'll have what they need to go again. And uh, everybody needs a, a break every once in a while. And so, as I just thought about that, the um, scripture came to my mind over in Isaiah. I'm just going to read a few verses and, and sit down here so we can go further with the service. But um, in the uh, 40th chapter of Isaiah, 26 verses, it says, Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things, that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by name, by the greatness of his might, for he, uh, for that he is strong in power, and not one thing. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speaketh, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, my judgment is passed over from my God. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run they, uh, and, and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So, sometimes we just have to wait. He says, those that wait upon the Lord, it's not those that run out there in front of him and try to stay ahead of him. It's we just wait on him because he don't follow us. We follow him. That's right. And uh, as, as we go through uh, through the service and through the weeks, let's just remember <coughs> that it's his time. It's not my time. It, it, 
If he wants me somewhere, uh, he'll tell me that. If he wants me to rest, he'll let me rest. So uh, just uh, as, as we go through life, let's just keep in, in mind that, that it's, it's all about him. It's about his time. It's not my time. Uh, I would really mess it up if I was in charge of it. But, they that wait upon the Lord says, shall renew their strength. And that's what we need. Sometimes we just need a renewal. Anyone got anything you'd like to say this morning before we take our classes? If not, remember your baby bottles. Oh, by the way, our new one is a boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get out of everybody's way. Good morning, everybody. Hey, Sister Eileen. I'm going to continue this morning. I hope we can make it to three or four places. But before I forget it, uh, back here by the box where we put our offerings are some thumb drives with all of the pictures on them. So help yourself to one. Stick it in a USB port on your laptop or your computer, and you can look at all, I don't know, 1,200 of them, I guess there are. I took a few pictures with... Sister Linda's camera. But uh, anyway, a little bit of, I hate to say history, but something that I think is real valuable. One of the places we toured in March was a museum, and it was dedicated to a boat. And this was the entrance going in. Go ahead, Pam. Now, this is in Galilee. Just the right arrow should do it, Pam. Okay. And I've dimmed the screen a little bit, but it's made the color a lot better. So anyway, that's just the name of the place. And what it was, was before they built the dam at the south end of the Sea of Galilee, the water got quite low. And two men were walking the bank and saw a piece of lumber. And they got to looking at it. And the more they got to lit digging and scratching around, they realized it was a boat turned out to be about a 2,000-year-old boat. And this tells the story of how they were able to reclaim that boat. It was not easy. Air was its enemy. And it was so fragile. The water had preserved it. 
Okay. Here's a picture of them. They had to dig underneath it. They had to put foam around it to get it out because of its age. And what they wound up doing was literally floating it. You couldn't pick it up. Okay, Pam. And there's a picture of them actually floating this 2,000-year-old boat. A fisherman's boat is what they believe it was. Getting it to shore. Okay, next. And there's a little, to whom did the boat belong? Uh, you know, it was a fisherman's boat. Did Jesus and his disciples get in it? Uh, was it one? It's an example of what was at that time, okay? Pam? There's the boat, almost full size. It's, it's funny to me when, when I first started seeing pictures of the old, when I think of a fishing boat, I think of a huge thing. Yes, exactly. But it's not big at all. No. And, uh, you know, there were two or three men on it. So that's... What do you think the length of it was? Oh, it wasn't as long as from me to the front, about me to the front bench at best. Probably not that long. But give you an idea of what a typical fishing boat would have looked like. Now, how much of a wave would it have taken to have tumped that one over? Not much. Not much. Okay, Pam. And it wasn't very comfortable either. Not at all. Just an idea. That's a 2,000-year-old Sea of Galilee fishing boat. Okay. Now there's the more modern boats that they use to give tours, and we did take a tour out on it. You can keep going, Pam. This is just leaving the museum. That's, I'm sorry, go back one. That's a picture of the fish that had the coin in his mouth, or a depiction of it, I should say. Okay, we're going to go into a, a tabernacle in Tagba. Tag, Tabga. I can't pronounce it hardly. I keep saying Tagba, but it's Tabga. Uh, interesting place. Keep going. You can see there's a small aqueduct. They still use them today. I won't go into reading all about it, but it uh, has to do with Peter. Supposedly, now... This is another place that's tradition, but this is a pretty good hard location of this. This is where Christ asked Peter three times, lovest thou me? Okay? Keep going, Pam. And that's a, they have built, obviously, a sanctuary, tabernacle, whatever, in honor of it. It's right on the Sea of Galilee. And that's going inside. And everywhere you see beautiful stained glass over in Israel, in these places, they're gorgeous. Now, that is what is so significant about this spot, is the rock. Legend says that that is the rock Christ stood on when he addressed his apostles, his disciples. 
lovest thou me? Remember, where were they at this time? Peter said, I go fishing. Well, he didn't go fishing in Jerusalem. He'd gone back home. So anyway, so you go in and you see this, the rock. Keep going, Pam. And that one doesn't show it very well, but there's some other rock underneath the table. No, less than 2% of Israelis are Christian. But $4 billion worth of tourism comes to see these places from around the world every year. And that's a depiction of Christ talking to them. And there's the rock on the outside, and they will not let you touch it. It's considered a holy place. Uh, there are certain places you had to either wear, you had to cover your knees and cover your shoulders. You couldn't wear short pants. This wasn't one of them, but there were places they call their holy places. And you uh, have to cover your shoulders and your knees. Had to wear long pants those days, but I uh, keep going. Let's give you another picture of it. And that it, back up just one. To the right, you can barely see it. That is the Sea of Galilee right there at it. Well, how large is, what would we equate to the Sea of Galilee to here? Uh, well, it's a lake, so it's, lengthwise, it wouldn't be too far from inland. From end to end, it's seven miles at the widest and nine miles north and south. But it's just one big lake. They, actually, it's called Lake Tiberias as well because it's fresh water. Okay, Pam. And yes, I did put my hand in it and took a picture. I'm not going that far not putting my hand in it. All right, next one. Just some of the depictions. So they just make, make all the money. Yes. Yeah, that's that's very true, Pam. Uh, they they don't deny that someone uh, just an, well. Some say he's a lies. Some say he's a great prophet. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. But yeah, and a lot of the Jews are still waiting for the Messiah to come and make Israel the most prominent country in the world. There's some more of those volcano rocks. Seven miles from the volcano, they piled up on the side of the road. Now, you can't see it, but there's cows out there. Poor cows. Not much grass. Yeah, more like mountain goat, for real. Now, these are just, they're just shadows. It was very cloudy and stormy this particular day, but you can see just old Places built on top of the hill for protection. But Michael, I worked with an electrical engineer down at Brown Cattle, and his he he uh, he was from Israel. His name was Ori Golden, mm -hmm. and Ori helped his family get some longhorn cows to take back over to, because they were the only ones that were really robust enough to withstand the yeah. temperatures over there. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> 
because a lot of what's green there won't be, it was in March, it won't be green long. Now this is another view of the kind of natural amphitheater where Christ would be seated near the water speaking into the kind of the valley where the Beatitudes took place. Just another old building. You'll see these pictures much better on the thumb drive. That's just, you can just see the rocks. They, you know, they would actually in places use the rocks to build their terrace rows. That's to the Golan Heights, looking back towards the mountains on the east of the Sea of Galilee. And we were talking about they grow most of their own food. They also cover it. Some of it has to be covered to protect it from the heat, give it shade. They like bananas. And there are some, uh, can I see it? Yeah. If you look right above the water, you see more modern homes. But if you look way up on the mountain, you see the older city. They're still up on the mountaintops where they were originally founded. Yeah. It's easier to throw a rock downhill at somebody than to throw one uphill. And see the levels, how as they built the city, they came down, more down, down further, more down. Wow. Sorry, kids. Bad grammar. But each level, but everybody has a view of the, of the sea. You can give them credit for that. But you notice how small they are way on up there, but as you get near the sea, they're much larger buildings, newer construction. And keep in mind, this country's just about to s celebrate its 75th anniversary. Mm -hmm. So, hadn't been around very long. Go ahead, Pam. Just. Now that's looking, you can't really see on this one, I'll show you later, but you can see how much erosion, and a lot of that is volcano erosion. Now just more pictures of the stair-stepping of the, how, the construction. Now that was an interesting thing. It's a great big blimp. And they keep it hid for the most part but they will let it go up in the air and listen in on all their neighbors. This is an eavesdropping apparatus. And then they'll let it back down. We were fortunate it was up just enough we could see it. So obviously Israel insecurity is a big deal. But that's what they use for eavesdropping on their neighbors. Now if you can see you've got some of the long fields there in that valley before you hit the mountains where they grow most of their food. Now we are in Cana, the Cana wedding where Christ performed his first miracle. And then we're going to head to Nazareth. Those cities are next to each other. And they're just, just more pictures of what it looks like today. The stair-step building. Now, I'll say this for Nazareth. They are creative with their roads. There's the entrance into Nazareth, the city of Nazareth. 
and it's on a hill. And, it, and if you don't like the roundabout over at Cleveland, do not drive in Israel. That's all they have except for the downtowns. But at least Nazareth had real neat decorations in the middle of them. Here you got the three ballerinas. But Israel is full of roundabouts, which are really interesting when you're in a great big tour bus. Yeah. And the red lights are on the side of the road. They're not in the middle of the road. They're like you'd say on the edge of the sidewalk. So not only do you get roundabouts, you've got to pay attention where there are red lights or you'll run right through one. Now we're going to go to, how is it pronounced? Basilica. Basilica of the Annunciation. This is where tradition holds the angel appeared to Mary. This was an unbelievably beautiful place. Quit reading, Pam. Go to the next one. I'm sorry. That's all right. <laughs> this is just a part of the main entrance. And, yeah, take your thumb drive home and read it. All right, but there's all kinds of inside, outside. There's a whole walkway of stain. It's not st well. It is stained glass, but it's done differently. You can just kind of ease through them, Pam. Every window is decorated. Uh, would you like to guess who runs this? Of course, the Catholic Church. But see, each of those windows, every, most countries of the world have their own little place and the stained glass that goes with it. And here I got a few close-ups. And actually these are done in little bitty colored rocks. And they're gorgeous. And the main place in the uh, not the fourth word alone for the outside is there. People running up to get their pictures made. Yeah, but this supposedly that was the spot. No, no, I'll take that back. I don't want to say that. Spots on the inside. I'm sorry. And everything. You can see the writing. You can't see it in this picture, but you will on Thunder Drive. Every one of those is stained glass or those little colored rocks. And this window had different things, had Christ. It showed different scenes from his life. Obviously, the one on the cross, you can make out well. Typically, don't, don't a lot of people use stained glass to tell stories? Yes, yes. Like we did. We, all, yeah. Our stained glasses. Yeah. That was, the, that was the reason stained glass was created is you could teach by picture. Yeah, exactly, Brother Roger. They didn't have access to the scriptures. Yeah. People Most people couldn't read. Well, I got better color, but it made them darker, didn't it? Now, this is actually inside. And the roof, there's a the center, there's an opening like that. You can actually go up there and look down. 
It's beautiful. And that is way up there. That picture doesn't depict it, but it's probably 30, 40 feet. Now, what does that look like? Back, back up one. Cave. A cave. A cave. Yeah. It's inside a cave where they think the angel appeared to Mary. They made a lot of uses of caves. Yeah. Yeah. And you have you walk down, you go in, and you see the exact spot in the cave. Well, a cave had a, a, a year-round uh, atmosphere temperature that you could live in. Mm -hmm. And protection. Right. Yeah. You only had one entrance. You, typically, a cave is the same temperature year-round. And then on the inside, there were each window was just gorgeous. Is that confessionals? Yes. Why is she recognized? They're out of place. <laughs> well, what can I say? Yeah. You know, it's either confessionals or bathrooms, <laughs> now, that's made out of, you know, just it's amazing the detail that went into some of these windows. Yeah, some are stained glass, some are made out of little small rocks. Notice how they, they did it to where it looked like it was 3D, like it had depth to it. Well, I bet that's beautiful in person. Yeah. I can't even draw a stick, man. <laughs> 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 The one with rock, is it kind of mosaic? Yes, yes, yes. And a lot of places on the floor were decorated mosaic. Yeah. Yeah, good word. Thank you. I tell you, I don't know if they could have done much better. Now, notice at the back of the benches, I thought, well, that's a nice place to put your foot, but those are little altars. <laughs> I demonstrated my ignorance. <laughs> that's on the floor. No, because it doesn't have a gold dome on it. That's how you know which ones are Muslim. That looks gold. Oh, is it? Yeah, maybe it is. Now that you say that, yeah. Every city had one and you knew where it was because of that. Now we're on the outside. 
and it's just you can just walk and walk and see these from every country and it tells you which country they represent yes they have rose bushes they weren't blooming yet but they do have rose bushes Now these are all made out of little rocks. And see that one's Columbia, down at the bottom? That took a while. It's just a covered walkway, and you can just walk down it. There you can get an idea of the walkway. And just all the way down through there on the left are these beautiful mosaic pictures. It goes down, it turns right. And still more of them. There, there's a good picture of what they're made out of. See the little rocks? <clears throat> Even the windows. You can keep going through these, Pam. The outside. There's, so we're going back to the bus, there was another orange tree. I thought those were so neat. That was dates. Okay, that mountain, we did not go there, but traditionally that's where Christ ascended from. Now, uh, Pam. How about reading our first? We're going to talk about Mount Pre Precipice. I have trouble with that word. In Nazareth. Can you turn yes, please. Yeah, just hold the button down. It'll, you'll see it come on. Luke, Luke 4, 24 through 30. And he said, Verily I say unto you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth... Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elias, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath, and rose up and thrust him out of the city, and led him unto the brow of the hill whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. But he, passing through the midst of them, went his way. The next three places that we'll visit, there's no doubt where it happened. This is the scripture she read. Christ taught in the temple. Everyone in the temple of the synagogue was so mad, they ran him out of the temple. And this is, it's kind of a peninsula. It's not all that wide as you go up it. You can bump forward, Pam. I should show in Nazareth. Built on a hill. Now, as you go up, 
it, you know, it's sloped pretty steeply. You get to the end of where you're walking, and it's a bluff. And their purpose was to run Christ up to the end of this and throw him off. Keep going, Pam. I'm sorry. And it's pretty steep on the end, but one of his miracles, he just went right back through the middle. There was no other way to get off of it except to go right back through the middle of them. And I took this picture of a family just to show you a little bit of depth of how far it was. To, to, you know, there's no way off of that without getting hurt. And there's what it looked like looking back towards Nazareth. So this is one place we can say we know this is where something happened. And it's called Mount Precipice. Pre Precipice. Yeah. And that's their cedar trees. Kind of skinny. And yes, there are McDonald's everywhere, folks. And Pizza Hut. <laughs> Stay at that hotel. Now, it's kind of, well, back up one. It's hard to see, but when you get your thumb drive and look, this is another uh, cul-de-sac, cul but roundabout. They've got decorated with uh, some decorations. Okay. Now, this, is, this was really interesting. I noticed that the medians were so green, and then they had planted flowers. Well, the green is turf. Because you, you kind of going to keep grass growing as hot as it gets and cars. So you'd have plants and then turf. And look at all the rocks. Look on the other side of the road, all the rocks. Yes. Yeah, the medians, they put artificial turf in Nazareth where they wanted to look like there was grass. Okay, Pam. There's a three-man band in the middle of one of them. Piano, no. Now, back up just one. Interesting comment that our guide made. I really hadn't put two and two together. Um, whether it be Mount, Mount of Transfiguration, whether or whatever it is, Christ is always calling man up to him. Where did Moses speak to God? In the mountain. Mount Transfiguration. He calls people up to a higher place to meet with him. So it's just another view of it, but he made a good point. Okay. And this is just the city of Tiberias. There's you get a, a better picture of just how green the valleys are. It's rocky everywhere else, but in the valleys it's gorgeous. There's the side of the interstate. That took a while to build. You can sell a bunch of drill bits, Brother Wayne. <laughs> See how green it is in the bottom? With, and that's the, the Golan Heights and uh, up above there. All right, now we are traveling to the northeast corner 
of Israel. And you can see just still, see the snow on top of Mount Hermon? And then down in the Valley of the Green. That is one of the four head rivers of the Jordan River. So if somebody says, well, when I crossed it, it was a good-sized creek, well, that's because it's way up north. But that's one of the four headwaters of the Jordan River. Just another shot of Mount Hermon. Next place we're going to visit is called Masada. And this is another place. Well, let me back up. We were this close to the border. You can uh, one more pound. You know, there was fence and then these little signs saying, hey, there's landmines if you jump over this fence. Because you're getting on the border of Syria. And yeah, this has been Syria, I believe. And we're coming to a town. This is Caesarea Philippi. Is the nearest town. Remember I said there's two Caesareas. Caesarea by the sea and Caesarea Philippi, which is in the northeast corner. Caesarea Philippi was kind of a resort, if you'd have it. Okay, Pam. And here's an old remains of a temple, tabernacle, that was built there. They've got it fenced where you can't get in, but they're still, still exploring it. Now, all right, we're going to, Pam, go ahead and read the next section. We are, well, let me, let me introduce this. Remember in the scripture where it talks about the gates of hell being plural? Well, the mindset was any cave, well, not any cave, but a cave that went way down into the earth was a passageway for the gods to come out in the summer and go back in for the winter. So gates of hell, gates of Hades, but this particular one is the one Christ speaks of. And if you look to the right, you'll see several places carved into the mountain. This was the place where they worship Pan God, the God Pan. This is the place where the holy goats were, G-O-A-T-S. Because Pan was considered from his belt up, he was human. From his waist down, he was a goat. Yeah, I know. But this is, a real, this is another place you know this is where they were, Christ and his disciples. You know, you think about it. Everywhere Christ went, there was multitudes. Well, every once in a while, don't you think he'd want to get his disciples away? and have a little private time. Well, that's where this, this happened. Okay, Pam. Okay, Matthew 16, 13 through 19. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and some Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Behold, art, uh, no, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that 
Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Okay, so it's, it's against this drop backdrop of pan worship. Now the other thing, people felt like they had to entice the gods to come back out in the spring. They'd stayed warm in the cave all winter in the underworld. So how do you think they enticed them? Big party. Yeah. Human sacrifice. They literally would throw people into the larger cave, which drops off pretty steeply. At, at that time, water came out of the cave. And if it came out bubbles, the sacrifice wasn't accepted. They'd try again. If it ran with blood, it was accepted. Basically, when they threw them in, if they hit a rock or not, it's what it boiled down to. But you see the, the mindset. Now, scroll through some of these, Pam. Now, that's, there's a good shot. Ironic, you've got another head, headwater of the Jordan River, life, right here in this place of such death. Uh, what a place why, why did he bring why would he bring his disciples here to talk to them the way he did keep going that's called Herman River till it joins but you can see and I'll show you in a minute where this starts they've got little dams built now this is the temple of Pan it's actually where we get the word panic you can't get to it but that's looking down into it. And that's looking across at all the different foundations where all the different temples were built. And we'll, I got several nameplates you can see. But they would put their figure up in those inserts in the bluff. This is where Baal worship started. In the Old Testament, Baal worship was here. And we're this close to the Lebanon-Syrian border. Next shot. You couldn't miss the Israeli Apache helicopters flying patrol. It's serious there. This is just another one of the little temples where they would have their worship. That's one of the plaques, the Sanctuary of Pan. The depiction of what it would have looked like at the time. That's just looking down into the cave mouth. Water used to come out there. You can keep going. I got, I got several of it. But they considered that to be a gate into the underworld world, or a gate to hell. Why does water not come out now? It comes out a different place. Earthquake shifted it. 364. <clears throat> and you see the Greeks were there at one time. Oh my goodness, we got to hurry. You can just keep running through them, Pam, and I'll, I'll say this. Christ chose this spot, and, and look at it this way, because sometimes we get confused with this scripture, but Christ brought them right in the middle of one of the largest pagan worship places. There's a good picture of everything. And as though he said, Peter, you're a stone. 
Your name means a stone. But upon this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell, all the pagan worship, well, everything, the pagan worship, the Roman government, the Roman Empire, shall not prevail against it. Where are they now? Where's pale pan worship? Where's goat worship? Where's Baal worship? Where's they're all gone. Roman Empire, gone. But his church is still here. Amen. His church is still here. And he said one other thing. He told them, you have the keys. You know, he said, I'm building a church right in the middle of all this sin. And you're going to be a light to them. You're not going to isolate yourself. You have the keys. Yeah. So, uh, ma'am? Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, Amy. So, obviously a whole different look at that verse when you, when you see what, what, they, what they were literally. He was literally with his back. You could say almost as if he was standing there saying, no, my church will overcome all of this paganism and you've got the keys. They're, they're not, you know, you control things. Yeah. Okay? We are out of time. We will continue.